0: Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bolder Racing Team.
1: Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Four Pepsi Max route, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is. Look, oh, it's a great, it's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um,
2: <laughs> be, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it. But right now, we have nothing.
1: Sometimes they're not. Dickhead, you could say. It's just it's, they're just it's good racing, and I enjoy it. Yeah. From the race tracks across Australia and around the world, here is Inside Supercars.
0: Hello and welcome to Inside Supercars this week. Joining me to discuss the topics of the week is from V8 Supercars. King. G'day, how you doing? I'm very well, and the voice of V8 Supercars, Chad Nolan Good evening, Chad. Yes.
3: G'day, Craig, and uh, hello, Kylie. Yes, my colleague. <laughs> we get to work together a lot, don't we, Chad? It's good. Good to hear yeah, Dr. Tones over the radio. We've been, been travelling
4: uh, all over the place this year. It's been good so far. Kylie's a good little travelling buddy, for those wondering.
0: <laughs> it's been an interesting weekend. We'll talk about the racing more because there's been a lot of big stories over the race weekend and in the early part of this week cars support races at the grand prix are set to gain championship status in a report by mark Fogarty for the fairfax media and also for V8 supercars heading into sydney motorsport park there'll be uh, 10 hot laps given away by logging on at the website chad uh, supercarscomau also wrapped up the weekend with courtney's ominous victory
4: Yeah, man, uh, I mean, it was, everyone was so focused on the FPR form on Sundays and then the Red Bull domination coming into it that everyone kind of forgot about the Holden Racing Team. And, uh, Courtney's speed, especially on Sundays, has been pretty mean, He won the Cootsville 500. He was on the podium on Sunday at Winton as well. And then coming off the back of Townsville, where Garth was on the podium for three straight races, uh, and also Courtney took a pole position in Townsville. So when you actually look at it on paper, that storm's actually And, uh, When the press conference happened at the end of the race on Sunday, we had Jamie Winkup in that presser as the new championship leader, and people were quizzing him as to who he thought was going to be the number one title contender, and he still very much thinks that it's Mark Winterbottom giving a frosty second of the points and really hot on his heels. But to be fair, you'd almost have to be really starting to focus now on James Courtney. This is the time of year back in 2010 when Courtney really got his act together with DJR. They came home with a wet sail, so to speak, uh, and they stole the show and the championship win at the last round in Sydney at Homebush. So I wonder if uh, it could be a little bit of history repeating now that we've got Burgess and Courtney back together. Holden Racing Team seems to be in really good form. Plus Slade, especially has all seem to be quick right now. So I think all of a sudden we've got to start worrying about the Holden Racing Team. Well, at least Jamie Winkup has to start worrying about the Holden Racing Team a bit more than maybe Frosty and the guys at FTR.
0: And James Phelps in News Limited uh, also took up the story about Mark Winterbottom losing the lead to Jamie Winkup. And it was interesting when you looked at the different News Limited papers, how all the uh, subbies and, and editors had looked at running the headline on the story because, gee, it was an unfortunate situation, but some of those headlines didn't quite portray it as uh, as fairly, I think, as uh, others. To
4: look at it, I guess, you know... There are two things that are going to cause punctures in v because whether or not you're running low tyre pressures, which some teams can sometimes trip over, or there might be a part on the racetrack which in particular can puncture a tyre at Queensland Raceway the outside of turn two on the curb is pretty famous for it. Now if that's where Frosty did have that tie go down on him, I think that's where McLaughlin had a tie go down on him as well. Probably that's what caused Reynolds puncture as well on Sunday. Then to kinda of call it driver error. I mean it's it's a tough thing to say. But when you listen back to uh, what courtney you know, what the Horn Racing Team engineering team were saying to James Courtney, they were telling him make sure you stay off that kerb at turn two and even in the press conference afterwards, James was Saying that uh, you know, when he was really trying to tick those laps over, that part of that was to make sure that he not just hitting his breaking points, but was making sure that he didn't go wide at turn two and a attire.
0: Kylie, uh, over at The Age, certainly was focusing in on Wing Cup's remarkable fight back.
3: Oh, exactly. And look, it, it's typical of Wing Cup, isn't it? You know, just when you think someone's got his edge, someone's just going to topple him, he just sort of quietly sneaks through and he's always a contender at the end when it matters. And uh, yeah, I, I think that they're spot on the money that, you know, he's, he's back in. What, I don't think he was ever out of it, uh, do you think, guys? I, I think it's just that when someone else wins, it's almost like the press are like, yes, there's someone else to talk about. But really, at the end of the day, He's a class act and he ain't
0: going anywhere. Beat Cafe have an interesting yarn about how Volvo is looking to unlock some race pace. Yeah, and
3: I guess, I mean, gee, I think they're still in in an amazing position. I don't think anyone would have thought they'd be as successful as they have been. But isn't it funny, all of a sudden we're really quick to go, oh, yeah, there's problems, you know, they they need to fix a few things. But, geez, I reckon there's a few other guys up and down pit lane who'd love to be in the position that they're in. But, you know, it's going to come, isn't it? Don't don't you think? It's really getting that balance right, working out the logistics of of the car. It's this new machine that they've got to play with, and and it's all about where the weight goes and and how we distribute at all but um, still at the end of the day I, I think they, they're doing an amazing job and, uh, and and even on the weekend just uh, wandering around uh, the paddocks and the merchandise area um, just the Volvo brand is just so out there now. I never thought I would see it um, as popular as it is and obviously having such a wonderful talent like, like Scott McLaughlin um, representing the brand. Terrific to see him doing so well. Especially sort of covering his career from uh, the de- development series you know he'd sort of be sitting on his lonesome hoping to get someone to interview him and Now, look at him. Everyone wants a piece of the action. But, yes, it, it's certainly a talking point for them and that they do need to get on top of, but I still think um, they're just going so well um, and plenty to celebrate
0: with those guys. To our guest, and Simon McNamara joins us after the break.
1: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page... Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. I thought, to be honest, I thought the Townsville race on Sunday was a bit too
2: long. I thought um, it took a bit too long to to draw to its conclusion for people
4: to understand how the race was going to go.
1: Supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes.
0: Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard from Lockwood Racing,
1: and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From Team Advam GB Gal And you're listening to Inside Supercars
0: Simon McNamara joins us on the line The head of Holden Motorsport And uh, Simon in, The new generation car It's been in now for a, a good 18 months How have you seen the rollout out of, of This car and how it's performed?
2: Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's, well In principle it's been pretty good I mean there's some early, very early hiccups I guess with gearboxes and things um, Which is to be expected But in principle, I mean, you know, they went through Bathurst and Enduros last year without any dramas. pace was probably a little off, but um, people are still getting their head around what the car does, so I guess in general, it's been it's been quite good.
0: For you to sell cars, though, that's the whole idea of being out on the racetrack. Does the fact that they might be a bit slower or a bit faster really make much difference?
2: No, I don't think so, because I'm not quite sure that the um, general fan is aware of what the speed differences are, lap time-wise, but um, uh, doesn't relate to what we do from a business point of view. How fast the car goes. Mm.
0: What do you think the next step should be for V8 supercars to to keep its relevant in relevance in the marketplace?
2: Well, we've had some discussions with those guys. Are we going back a year or so now? And we'll continue the discussions with them about what the future might hold in terms of what we want to do. Not sure about the other manufacturers that are involved in it at the moment and what they plan on doing or are requesting to do, but I know what we would like to do, and we've had ongoing discussions with some good, um, robust chat with V8s about it and we'll continue to do so.
0: What would you like?
2: Well, without going into specifics of it, with some different areas of the vehicle that we'll be looking at, given that um, as uh, the years roll on, we we may or may not have Commodores, we may or may have something else, so we just need to work out what would be the best thing for us, and what would be appropriate, and whether it fits in with the category, and what the category's understanding is. And mm. so I as think... you can imagine, there's a, there's a bit of long lead um, stuff there that, that we, um, you know, that we're talking about, and um, we'll have to see what, whether it marries up with what they want to do.
0: Right now, is the series still relevant to selling cars in Australia?
2: Yeah, I mean, we we, we sell Commodores, and we sell quite a number of them, and we race them, so it's very relevant to us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing. It.
0: You are, I think, the only manufacturer still making a sedan with a V8 in it. v supercars have started talking about dropping V8s from their name and potentially as a power plant. Would that be something that would help you or, or hinder your future in, in the series?
2: No, I mean, we've, we've spoken to them about the V8 in their name. I mean, they are supercars at the end of the day. They don't necessarily need to be called V8 supercars. I mean, we, we have a, a healthy... Um, sales mix within our V8 engine power plant and our cars so we're happy with that and, and how it relates to it I think even if they decided to take the name out of it, certainly for the next couple of years it'll be the v the cars mm. in the general
0: sense. But uh, if if the the future as you said with the future of the Commodore up in the air at, at your end uh, is it a white paper that when you go to talk to them and, and, and they talk to you is it, is it a blank paper you're starting with?
2: Um, to a degree, I mean, we we, um, we can't go into too much specifics about we, what we may or may not have coming, so it's a matter of, of determining internally what we think would or wouldn't be appropriate, um, getting an understanding from V8 that where they're going to take the sport in the next five to ten years, and whether or not that works in with what we feel is a business model for what our program would be. I mean, at the end of the day, we go car racing from a business point of view, not necessarily from a from an enjoyment point of view, um, and it needs to stand up. So we need to make sure it all works within the business case. Mm.
0: Well, one area which you obviously have seen an opportunity is uh, with special edition cars and the Lounge Commodore. What's the expectation of, of that promotion?
2: Uh, well, we haven't um, actually suggested that we'll be doing that. I think there's some speculation about that, but um, I will, will come on that one. Okay. So we've certainly done um, some special editions around our NRL properties and our Collingwood properties. So, yeah, we're, we're looking at those different things. Mm.
0: Uh, obviously, Lowns is the uh, most recognisable name the, in the current crop of drivers.
2: Yeah. Um, all the research shows that um, he's, he's uh, head and shoulders above in terms of, of recognisance and uh, engagement with fans.
0: Well, Simon, interesting times ahead, to say the very least, but uh, thanks for your time here on the show.
1: Absolutely. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. (laughs) Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: And, you know, every every year I see Jackie's Cooper Grand Prix and I just remind myself... Of of his part in in
1: starting the the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion.
2: Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world.
1: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
0: Well, welcome back, and uh, Simon McNamara there, Chad, was speaking about uh, the possibilities of what V8 supercars might look like. A lot of speculation about will V8 engines still be in V8 supercars come 2017.
4: Yeah, I think what really uh, I got out of that interview is especially how open he was about the fact that V8s really have approached the manufacturers about the possibility of dropping V8s and he mentioned it, you know, saying, oh, you know, there's definitely that possibility that we'll be dropping the V8 title out of the name and, I mean, who knows when that could happen, that could be a good time to do it next year, with the rebranding and different television uh, commitments. But that was the thing that I really took out of that was how um, they must be really far down the line and these conversations are real and this is a, a very possible thing that we're looking at that V8s might not exist within supercars anymore. If Simon McNamara is having these kind of conversations with V8 supercars, then I think it's a huge possibility that uh, we could be following the likes of Formula 1 and other categories to to drop V8s. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into one or two sentences that Simon said just then, but it seems to me that those talks are pretty advanced.
0: Kylie, uh, I'm obviously in the camp that all I want them to do is drop uh, the V8. I
3: think, um, look, I think... (laughs) I mean, you read sort of the writings on the wall to a degree. Um, but I just thought, yeah, you're right, Chad. I thought um, Simon was, was pretty upfront with some of his conversations. and But, but also very, you know, it's, it's a business for them. that they, they, The romance and the emotions not perhaps attached to it as it, as it is with, with fans to, to the same extent. So I thought that was a really interesting uh, side of it, listening to him from that perspective. Very forthright about the fact that, you know, it very much is a business for them and that they really do need to have these discussions and, and work out... Where they're
0: heading. We've actually got more from Simon McNamara in two weeks time on the show when he'll join us again We've got to talk about Winterbottom's disaster Kylie, as, as Chad said in the opening there, there's there's two ways to look at it, it's unfortunate or It's not following the the instruction not being given that you've got to stay off those curbs.
3: I know, and it's so funny because so many different places, they're told, aren't they? Um, You know, you get driver's briefings and all sorts of things, just wording people up about different things to be mindful of. And and as Chad said, I think HRT in particular were very clear about giving those messages uh, to Courtney throughout the race, uh, and that was very clearly the message um, that was coming through. And yeah, I don't know, you don't want to cast dispersions, do you, but you really do sort of think how's that message not getting through and what's going on because such a fundamental error has really a, a major shake up in the championship for him and, and he's under the sort of pressure he obviously doesn't want to be in because even before the weekend the questions were all about the championship and then it's practice and qualifying not doing so well. The championship the championship and so now we continue on you know with that pressure leading into into Sydney so yeah a tough one.
0: And Chad it was very interesting because on Saturday night when we were at the press conference Jamie Winkup even said gee it was good they've gone out there and they've filled in the back of a lot of the ripple strips, and he said, "I, you know, I'm glad they did it. I would have even paid for a bucket of dirt to go in there and just get rid of that da- that damage.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think he was, uh, he was of all people, just a bit worried that that could be the one thing to bring him down this weekend. I mean, we saw it there last year as well, That I think McLaughlin on the Sunday, the, the second race, which Chas Mostert won, I think he had a tiger down on him then after winning the earlier race that Sunday. But, you know, I don't particularly mind. It probably sounds like I'm actually bagging out Queensland Raceway a bit here, but I'm really not. I kind of like the fact that there are little things that along the way can cause... Headaches for teams, uh, extra things to worry about can sometimes cause an upset, like from a news point of view, uh, even in the commentary box, you know, we get all hyped up and excited when you see the championship leader limping around with a punctured tyre, obviously it's not great for FPR and Mark Winterbottom, but it definitely gives us something to talk about, and the other thing that uh, Jamie mentioned in the presses as well was the fact that the supercars uh, added some extra safety precautions around the track as well, so... Funny how he gets quite vocal about these things, almost like he becomes something of a spokesperson to V8s, kind of like he was. He had that story in Auto Action where he was saying that drivers should do less public appearances and all those kind of stuff. He kind of is something of a spokesperson for the competitor.
0: Yeah, I, I think the leadership role that Jamie Winkup has now taken isn't the first time that he's come out being praising the work of v supercars, whether it be safety or changing formats around when it's, when it's really work. Kylie, that's a thing that... Jamie, I guess, is getting more and more confidence within himself. <laughs> a five-time champion, he should have all the confidence in the world.
3: Yeah, look, I um, spent some time um, with the AFL Players Association, and you very much saw that from a, an AFL point of view. With you know the executive, the leaders of the clubs, um, with I guess the association representing all players—that uh, the Nathan Buckleys or the James Herds or, or players of that ilk, Michael Roth as well—really uh, sort of standing up for for uh, the broader issue affecting drive um, players. Um, so whether it's rules of the game, whether it's opinions on um, playing services, recreational drug use, things of those issues. So, and it's something, you know, that, that's nice to see filtering um, into Supercars as well because, yeah, we're, we're hungry for news, we're hungry for opinions and it's great to have someone with the credibility of uh, someone who's had the success that Jamie's had to, to sort of buy into, into different debates and, and also, you know, think of an overview rather than just as an individual, his own opinion, sort of representing uh, the general, general drivers
0: in the paddock, mm-hmm. I think, Yeah, it's to be commended. The driver association has been one of those ones that has been a bridge too far for V8 supercar drivers, Chad, because they've tried it a number of times. In fact, a a number of drivers had invested quite a bit of money trying to get it up off the ground. They've got all the, uh, I believe, they've got all the charters and and everything like that already written and signed off legally, but they couldn't get everyone signed up when they uh, last tried to do it. Yeah,
4: probably just before my time coming into the sport as well, but there's been a long history that in motorsport, hasn't there, where you need that band of drivers to to get together, I guess, going back a long time to the 60s. It was Jackie Stewart, the the GPDA back then. Mm. Um, And at least, I guess, in an unofficial sense, I guess Jamie's kind of taken the mantle there now to use every time there seems to be a microphone in front of him, not every time there's a microphone in front of him, but every time he he has an issue or something that he wants to bring up or someone that he wants to congratulate within V8 for making certain decisions, then he's not backwards and coming uh, coming forward with those things at the moment. So I guess while there's nothing really official set in stone association-wise, I guess we can look for Jamie to to be the voice of the drivers maybe. I don't know, it's a bit of an unusual one that we've not really talked about yet, I guess.
0: We all agree Jamie's comeback in the championship has been remarkable. A break and more on Inside Supercars.
1: (laughs) Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkat from HHA Racing. You are listening to Inside V8 Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: And, you know, every every year I see Jackie's the Grand Prix and I just remind myself... of of his part in in
1: starting the the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion.
2: Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world.
1: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au
0: Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security Dick Johnson Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars and uh, mm. I want to talk about another driver that had a fantastic uh, had a fantastic Sunday and uh, a solid Saturday and that's Scott Pye. He's uh, such a nice guy when you uh, just walk up there have a chat with him. He's very accommodating. It was just so good to see him get that fourth place finish. Have that confidence to know that he's he's in the main game and he should be there. Yeah. I, think, yeah, uh, I had be a bit a to do with
3: him booster. too in the Dunlop
0: series. Mm. Sorry, Sorry about that Kylie. Talking over the
3: top <laughs> um, but yeah I thought, oh, I can talk about that. I <laughs> <laughs> no, don't know him that well. Um, but, yeah, he was one of the young guys um, that, that I got to spend a lot of time with in the development series. And I suppose he was with that brigade of the Nick Perkats and the Scotty McLaughlins and the Chas Mosterts. He sort of popped in there at the end. And, uh, you know, I suppose he was cast, you know, with, with those other young guys uh, coming through, but um, had, a, had, as we all know, had a pretty tough time of it. But uh, he always struck me as a consummate professional, you know, whether it's that being, that, you know, overseas, and having a bit of that experience. Uh, you know, he didn't even let the emotions uh, take over um, with his fourth place. It was all, you know, very professional and, and just handled himself uh, so well. I'd just like to see him, you know, get a bit more emotional occasionally. Jed? <laughs> because...
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess with Scott, it's, um, it was a matter of time. I mean, we all knew his talent, British Formula 4 champion, showed uh, some good speed in Britain after that as well. Um, you just hoped that he was always going to make that transformation into tin tops and still show speed. You know, we've had some great drivers in open wheelers fail to be able to drive touring cars in this country quickly. You know, I mean, um, Carl Reinler had his moments and he was extremely talented in open wheelers. Uh, even look at what happened to Johnny Reid at DJR last year, another guy who was quick in open wheelers, couldn't quite make it work when it came to about supercars. So, uh, and off the back of got here last year, obviously he had some pretty tough results, had a six at Bathurst, which is nice. Um, and that until this weekend was his best ever result within V8 Um, but he was just driving under such a cloud last year the whole setup at Lucas Dunbaros Motorsport wasn't a happy one for him Um, and I think now he can relax a bit more is that his future in the short term is safe and he can just focus on doing the driving and he's got John Bow there to be something of a driver coach he's got Stevie J there as well to look over his shoulder so it's a really good environment for him and at the end of the day he's got Roland Dane as a manager so You have to say that he's part of a long-term plan somewhere in V8 supercars, and these kind of weekends will go a long way in uh, helping him progress.
0: Well, look, whilst we've got Kylie on there, the Bathurst Enduro got announced, and, of course, you do so much work with the Dunlop Series. Chad, of course, calls the Dunlop Series. But uh, what was your thoughts when you heard they're going to have a 250k race at Bathurst?
3: I thought, wow, that's a long way. (laughs) that's a big effort for these guys um seriously and the ones that are then um you know co-drivers in the main game as well I just thought wow that's that's uh yeah, it really came out of left field for me um because you know I remember last year the races were so short and even on the weekend you know seeing Casey Stoner in the the Red Bull garages reminded me of he was one who was saying you know we need longer races we need longer races and which we've got this year, and I think he's, geez, he, he got in a year too early. I think he'd be loving the formats at the moment and the long, and the longer distances. But, gee, 250Ks is taking it up an extra notch. Uh, yeah, I think it's um, going to be really interesting <laughs> just to see how that all pans out and whether, you know, some of the guys are going to have co-drivers themselves or, or not. But, um, yeah, I think that's uh, certainly quite the talking point and... Um, yeah, I just don't quite know how that's all going to work out. Great experience for them, though, with the pit stops. Not quite sure what what all the teams will think about that. But, uh, yeah, And the, the weather in October, I know we pick on for Mount Panorama and Bathurst for its inclement weather, but it can also get a bit hot, and I'm just sort of thinking about those distances for the guys that have then got a little leap in the car for for the following day. But, um, yeah, certainly something to talk about and something to try, I guess.
0: Yeah, Chad, you're going to be calling it. Uh, how do you feel? <laughs> I'll uh, have to take a
4: very deep breath before the start of that one. I just um, It's a two-part thing. I think cool, definitely good to see a longer race and something different for the series. Um, from a championship point of view, it could be seriously defining. I mean, you put 300 points up for grabs and there's only a, a very, very small amount of points separating Ash Walsh and Umbrella at the moment, so it could be championship-defining um, that one weekend alone. Uh, outside of that, I mean, you've got these older guys like... Aaron McGill, Michael Hector, Jim Polizzi,na not saying that they're unfit, but you want to try driving 250 Ks around Panorama? These guys are going to fall out of the cars, uh, so that is going to be really hard on them. Even the 40-minute races are starting to uh, actually, you know, catch a few guys out and. Uh, they're starting to get a bit tired. So that's one thing that Brett Stewart in particular has enjoyed longer races. He's a pretty fit guy. I'm sure Kylie would understand seeing him around the pits. The dude is seriously buff and seriously fit. So I think <laughs> you'll see the fitter guys will probably really love it because they'll be able to, uh, they'll be able to handle the car for a good hour or so or whatever it's going to take to complete 40 odd laps in Mount Panorama. So it'll be an interesting one, but I think uh, man, you would hate to get a DNS in that one.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to kill <laughs> if your you you
4: don't finish that race. Mm. Yeah, your championship is pretty much over if you, if you mess that one up. Mm.
0: Well, a break and a final thought and when we return on inside supercars. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our
1: Facebook page and to ask a question email insiders at sportradio.com. au. for Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. there actually needs to be Inside a structure... Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online
0: at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottleo Racing Team and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought, Kylie King.
3: Wow, uh, I was uh, obviously at Ipswich watching the V8s, but at the night time I was watching the Commonwealth Games and that was really cool to just sort of take a, a total break away from motorsport for a bit. Really captivated by, um, obviously, the the Australians at the end of the day when, uh, when the motorsport was over and done with. Uh, in the netball, the Australians versus the New Zealanders and what a rivalry that's going there and I'm just wondering how big this rivalry is going to develop in V8 supercars because those Kiwis, they're coming and they're conquering and there's more of them and uh, I just wonder if that similar sort of rivalries are uh, really going to take effect over time.
4: I think Carly's is right, but the next time we have a uh, Commonwealth game, <laughs> imagine how strong the Kiwi contingency is going to be with v by then when Scott McLaughlin and Shane Van Gisbergen have another four years and Fabian Coulthard have another four years of experience. Uh, for me, I just want to talk about Frosty. I mean, uh, it's not that he's doing badly, apart from that one puncture, but one win out of the last nine and only one podium, he has really started to run out of momentum. Uh, Jamie Wincup, on the other hand, has won six out of those nine and seven podium so he's absolutely we're flying i think frosty would be desperate to get into a new format so it's time to really for him now to get into the enduros where ford's tire life will really help all those kind of things he's going to have steve on alongside him who uh definitely can do the job around bathurst um so i think ford performance racing and Mark winterbottom are still in this championship they've lost their momentum at the moment they need to consolidate at sydney and go headfirst with these enduros and hopefully for their sake uh they can come at the back with a big Bank of points because if we get doing these super sprint formats the way they're going at the moment, he's, he's lost over. Well, he came into Darwin with a 213 point lead over Jamie Cup and that's already turned into a deficit in nine races. So I think Frosty really needs his enduros to kick off.
0: James Warburton, for me, has been in the job now for just over 12 months. The attitude and the uh, the feeling in pit lane by owners in drivers, even the fans has just had such a 180 degree turnaround I can't wait till we see what it's like in his second year in the job with the new TV deal and the fan experience that he's been trying to increase with his team, Hutto and uh, and John Casey it's really looking like the V8 Supercars is going to certainly uh, put a uh, punctuation mark as the premier motorsport series in this country, it's not going anywhere for a long time. Thanks very much to Kylie King and Chad Naylan for joining us here on Inside Supercars. You first, Kylie. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sorry, thanks, Craig. <Greg.
4: laughs> thanks, Craig. Good to be part of it and um, if we're still rolling then uh, I'd like to say that I think also as an extra final thought, that uh, that grid walk on Sunday morning with the ripper idea. I'd like to see more of that.
0: That's all we have time for this week on the show. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.